Wasn't that great with the children going out with joy? And they looked joyful. And there's something you have about a church. I remember the very first time I came, and there were two or three children dancing up and down the front. And I thought, this is wonderful, absolutely wonderful. Um, <coughs> and there's a legacy that's happened. So I want, Joy found, I'm staying with Joy, and she found something last night that um, I said, when do you think this was written? And she said, well, I think after the first time you came. And I do remember the very first time I came, which was 2018, 17, 18, something like that, that I said to everybody, uh, it was the leadership team I was with, and I said, what legacy do you want Christchurch to leave? And I have to say, I think I was the one in unbelief. I mean, the things that were coming out were 100% healing and this, this, and this. And I thought, come on, this is good. And, and um, Joy found this, and I want to declare it over the church. Um, because yesterday I had a sense that it's Christ Church, it's time to move. Amen. It's time to move. Amen. And so, this is heading Christ, this is headed Christ Church, a dwelling place for God. Come on. Mm. A dwelling place for God by His Spirit. We declare that Christ Church is a place where the tangible presence of God is experienced. A place where peace and uh, peace of heart and mind is experienced. A place full of people hungry for God. Come on. Amen. You'll certainly see fruit. A place where people would know they are loved. A place where people would experience freedom and live in it. A place of no judgment with a welcoming and accepting atmosphere. That's what everybody loves, isn't it? A place acting like a magnet drawing people in as it is attractive with an abundance of love. A place of open doors in which people are approachable. A church that is helpful in, in caring ways, being a family in which all are valued and cared for. A church that deals with issues well. That's a big thing, uh, having been a church leader. Um, a church in which there will be more unity. A church in which there will be more growth through salvations. Come on, yes. Fruitfulness. A place with more evident use of the gifts and fruit of the Holy Spirit. A church in which there will be more evidence of obvious miracles. A church in which the services will be inspirational. I mean, this is mega, isn't it? I mean, who would like to go to this sort of church? <laughs> um, a, ch a church that is a safe place, very important these days. A place of glory, light, and brightness. A place with a positive atmosphere. A place that is versatile and full of promise. A place of the unimaginable. Ephesians 3.20. A place of peace, beauty, and splendor that, that is flavorsome. A place of greater freedom of expression in worship. This is our vision of God, what, of what God wants Christchurch, you and me, to be as his dwelling place. 
And I just declare that over the church today. I declare that over each one of us. And as you move forward out of this weekend, I declare fruitfulness for you as individuals. And so as you individuals become fruitful, then the church as a whole becomes fruitful. You can't just expect George to be fruitful and everybody sit there. Uh, oh, well, isn't that lovely? You know, George is doing this, this, and this, and this, and he sees people healed, he sees people saved, he get, you know, this, that, and the other. But it's all our responsibility. We are all part of the body of Christ. We're all part, I mean, you know, you, I'm going to say you, I usually include myself, but you are all part of Christ Church. And I was reminded sitting there that, that Swanlow is, Swanley is very strategic in Kent. It's one of the gateways. And if you go down the coast, I mean, if you go down and draw a line down to the coast, this is a place where people enter. It's a gateway into the nation. And so Kent is this hugely important place in the nation, in the UK. And so I just bless you as a gateway. I bless you as gatekeepers. And I call forth gatekeepers who will see what God is doing and... Um, held in what he is doing. And I bless Kent to be fruitful. That's the Garden of England, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I bless Kent to be fruitful. And I bless you all in the name of Jesus. And I bless the unity. And I call forth unity right across the body of Christ in Kent, in every town, uh, city, you have cities? and villages here, that, you see, as we become one, there is a glory on the people of God that is quite extraordinary. And that's what we need to see come up in the nation, isn't it? That's, we want people to see. There's something I was thinking about the other day, that people know what the church is against, but they don't know what the church is for, what we're for. And that's the thing that needs to come to the fore at this time. You know. uh, <coughs> so it's been a joy to be here. And um, I'm going to read our key passage again. And I have to say, it's my life's statement, actually. And I was reminded this morning, I first heard a sermon on this when I was 15. I went to visit my sister who had got married in Oxford. And the vicar of their church pre preached on John 15. And it's the only sermon I ever remember. <laughs> I wonder why. <coughs> so John 15 and verse 5. And I'm going to read through to verse 17. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me, he who dwells in me, he who remains in me, and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out of the branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it will be done for you. You want to get your prayers answered? 
Remain in them, in the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, because we will ask then, as we are entwined so with so much part of each other, I think I can say that. I'm always learning new language in this thing and suddenly think, oh, can I say that? Yes. Um, but as we do, we ask according to what they want. And so our prayers get answered. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. You know, fruit bearing is glorifying Father. And as he is, you know, Jesus said, as I am lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. Is that what we want? <coughs> so as the Father loved me, I have loved you. Abide in my love. You know, remain in my love, dwell in my love, get saturated in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken you, that your joy may, be, may remain in, sorry, that my joy may remain in you and your joy may be full. Come on. What about fullness of joy? Isn't that exciting? Fullness of joy, it just overflows in me and overflows out of us. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. I mean, that's a great statement to, to uh, meditate on. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for his friends. That's what Jesus did for us. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. I have called you friends. We're friends. We're friends of God. Isn't that exciting? I have called you friends. For all things I heard from my father, I have made known to you. Now, this is the bit for today. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. That your fruit should remain so it doesn't, you know, <laughs> you look at apples or something or, uh, and they drop to the ground and they go moldy or something like that. No, this is fruit that remains it's our legacy as a church. It's our legacy as individuals. And that your fruit should remain. And what it, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you, that you love one another. Equipped for fruitfulness has been our uh, theme for the weekend. There are many other things I could have said. Many other aspects I could have taken, but these are the things that I felt Holy Spirit said to me to bring. So yesterday, we looked at equipped by intimacy, abide in me and I in you, our deep relationship together. And as we 
dig deep into our relationship together, then fruit, I believe, appears. <laughs> I don't think we have to try and be fruitful because God has said, you abide in me, you dwell in me, you remain in me, and you will be fruitful. It's a fact. Um, so abiding and remaining and developing intimate relationship with Father Jesus and the Holy Spirit is one of the basis, well, it's the basis for fruitfulness. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And as we get so excited about our relationship together, you know, it comes out, it overspills. And <coughs> you're a great person to be with then, Jen. <laughs> I only hang around people who have an abiding relationship. I mean, my close friends are those that have an abiding relationship because they're always oozing God at me and encouraging me and supporting me. <coughs> that doesn't mean I don't speak to other people. <laughs> Then we looked at being equipped by the word. You know, the word of God has everything. All the promises are yes and amen. They're absolutely reliable. They don't change. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His promises are sure. He has said he will never leave us or forsake us. And that's true. And... The more we trust what he says to us, the deeper that level of equipping goes, I think. Um, and I spoke about meditation yesterday, and I just want to add a little caveat to that. Um, do be careful. Now, the word right back in Joshua, we read it yesterday, and in Psalm 1, talks about meditation. I want to say to you, be careful, make sure it's biblical meditation, make sure it's, you know, if you do new age meditation, you empty your head. Fill your heart with the Holy Spirit before you start meditating on the truth of his word. Don't get caught up, I'm even going to be very bold here, in mindfulness. Mindfulness is such a thing these days, but what's the point in sitting in the presence of the enemy? You know, <coughs> um, Buddhist meditation is based on demons. I'm going to be very bold about this because it's very, very important with our health services and uh, counselors encouraging you into into mindfulness. I even won't touch Christian mindfulness because I think there's something that I'm not sure is totally pure. And so biblical meditation, everything else is the counterfeit. I remember reading in, I was telling Joy this last night, I remember reading in um, the Saturday Telegraph magazine years ago and they did a whole thing on kindred spirits people who play golf together, people who do this. And then they had, um, one Saturday, they had a whole thing on meditation and Zen meditation and, and the benefits of it. And I thought, hang on, if this is sitting in the place of, place of the enemy, 
what does sitting in the presence of God do? And I bought myself a little book. There was a guy called Campbell McAlpine. I think his wife was the founder of Lydia. And um, it was absolutely brilliant. And it set me on the road to biblical meditation. And so I encourage you to meditate with the Holy Spirit. And let him fill your heart. Let him speak to you. So that's the caveat I needed to add today. Because <laughs> the word is there to equip us. It has, I mean, it may not have your specific situation, but it has guiding principles that will help you navigate everything you need in life. Isn't that incredible? What access we have to be fruitful, to be joyful, to be hopeful. <coughs> And then uh, we talked on being equipped by Holy Spirit. And I uh, just want to elaborate a bit more on equipped in his fruit. Let him equip us in love, joy, peace, kindness, faithfulness, goodness. I, I got them all. And self-control. Let him equip us in those because he is resident inside us. And, and uh, let him equip us as well. And then let him equip us in his gifts. You know, prophecy, working of miracles, healing, discerning of spirits, and so on. Let him equip us in these because they're all for fruitfulness. And as we as we hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and we're in I don't know, we're in Asda. And <coughs> there's somebody there, you're standing in the queue, and the person in front starts talking to you about this, that, and the other, because they talk. And the Holy Spirit says, go and pray for them. Fruit. We carry the Holy Spirit wherever we go. What about the other people in your office? And they start talking about being concerned about mortgage rates increasing and this, that, and the other. And you look at the news and you think, where's the world going? What's happening? You know, you've got people ignoring safety standards to do with submarines. You've got all sorts of stuff going on. And you look at Ukraine and Russia and whatever's happening there. It sounds as though Russia's turning in on itself. Um, <coughs> but we can bring hope. Because we are entwined with hope. God is hope. We can bring peace to people. We can pray for people and bring God's peace. The, prince, the, the peace of the Prince of Peace. And so let the Holy Spirit equip us in his fruit and in his gift. How exciting. I, <coughs> I have a friend who uh, is constantly praying for people. And <laughs> she'll turn up with a new story every day, every day you see her, you know. But let's, you know, the Holy Spirit is bold. He's not timid. And he can impart his boldness to us that I can, um, what I love doing, if I have Jehovah's Witnesses on the door or whatever, I say, Holy Spirit, give me a word of knowledge here. And I can, I say, Oh, um, do you have trouble with your left shoulder? Well, how do you know that? Well, I've just asked Holy Spirit. 
so then I pray for them. I want to give them part of me. And our home group is looking at um, a series called the six M's at the moment. I can't remember what they all are, but it's <coughs> six weeks. And there's a short video of people in different areas of life. First one was a taxi driver. Then there's an anaesthetist. We've actually got an anaesthetist in our group, so he thinks it's hilarious. Um, and <coughs> there's a young mum. There's a business person, there's a retiree. And the thing we took away with us last home group was this uh, taxi driver was talking about hospitality. I think she's an Uber driver. And she welcomes people into her space. Her taxi is where the presence of God is because she's there. So she welcomes them into her space. And I thought, well, that's an interesting one. So how do I welcome people into my space, you know, it's kingdom of God space. And so I've, <laughs> I'm on a bit of a fun journey with this. And so <coughs> I went to see the dentist on Friday morning before I came in. So my policy now, anywhere I go, and, and the person who serves me on the supermarket is, thank you for serving me. Thank you for seeing me today. Because I want to welcome them into my space or the kingdom of God space. And I think it's an unusual approach. You thank somebody for serving you in Asda or Lidl or wherever you shop. You know, come on, let's spread the kingdom and we will be fruitful. Um, something I want to pick up on before I talk on um, equip for what. And this, I think, is so important for us. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. What does it look like to be full of joy? Joy and happiness are two different things. Happiness is very much an emotion. Joy is a quality of the Holy Spirit. It's a quality of my life. And um, yes, happiness is, is very much emotional. I feel happy when the sun comes out. But I feel joyful anyway when it's cloudy. Because yesterday we were talking about being seated with Christ in heavenly places. Well, what goes on in heaven? They're continually rejoicing. <laughs> you know, every time, I don't know how many people get saved in one hour, but it's a huge number. So there's this all wild partying going on in heaven with people rejoicing over sinners repenting. And that's where I am positioned in my spirit. And so if you've got nothing else to rejoice about, rejoice with heaven that all these people are getting saved. And, <laughs> you know, and start to pray that Swanley gets saved in masses. I do think God is on the move. I hear things around the country of people getting saved, people coming to know Jesus. Isn't that exciting? We need, we need something, don't we? we need God. And so joy, Psalm 16, 11, in his presence is fullness of joy. So I'm positioned in his presence. And so I have access to fullness of joy. I'm still exploring what that looks like. Um, but isn't that exciting? And in his right hand are pleasures forevermore. 
And, um, you know, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And I've, I've started on a new journey in prayer. Psalm 2 verse 4 says, God laughs in the place, in the face of the enemy. Well, they're under his feet. The enemy is under his feet. He laughs in the place of the enemy. And so I have started laughing when I'm in a difficulty. Because I'm thinking, what? I have this, you have to understand, I have a fairly vivid imagination. And I imagine as I'm sitting on the, on the side of my bed with me, facing this issue, and he's laughing. So why don't I laugh at it? It changes your heart and your aspect, your, and the aspect of it quite remarkably. There are two verses in Psalms which talk about God laughing in the face of the enemy. Try that next time. And just when, <laughs> when you find something that is challenging or difficult, just laugh in the face of it, because we can. Because God is our hope. He has the solution. He has the answer. And so that, this is a new approach in prayer for me, which I think some people think, oh, no, 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 it's scriptural. I won't do anything that's not scriptural. So this morning's topic you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, fruit that will remain. That whatever you ask in, in the Father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you, that you love one another. So we are being equipped to bring God's transformation in our spheres of influence. Now, just think for a moment and talk with somebody else. What is your sphere of influence? It's your neighborhood, the people you are, you know, you live around. It's <coughs> the people you work with. Um, I go to. Um, a Weaver's Spinners and Dyers Guild, and that's one of my, s my places of influence. And I wanted to do something. I said to the leader of the group, I said, I'd like to take you out to lunch and thank you for all you do. And she said, oh, Caroline, you don't have to. I said, no, I don't, I don't have to, but I want to. And so we had lunch together, and at the next group meeting, she said, Caroline, can we do it again? I felt so refreshed by being with you. Come on. It's nothing about me. It's, <laughs> it's about God in me. And we can affect, transform our spheres of influence. What about your office? Is that a different place? What about your classroom? Is that a different place? And we are equipped. We are being equipped. I put that because <laughs> it's progressive to bring transformation to where we are. Um, in lockdown, um, I was saying to God, well, what, everybody's saying, oh, church isn't going to be like what it, it, you know, how it's been. So I was a bit blunt with God, I am. I said, well, what's it going to be like then? And he said, neighborhood ecclesias. And so I thought, I said to him, well, I don't know anybody else in my neighborhood who's a believer. Um, uh, can you show me? 
Well, that was at 12 o'clock on a Friday. By 2.30, I had met the first one. I was out on my uh, walk, and there's, been a ha there's a house with a fish on it, which I've never called on because I've never felt too that was the thing to do. And there was a guy doing the garden, so I talked to him, um, and I said, oh, what's that symbol on the wall? I didn't know how to open up the conversation. And he said, oh, yes, that's a Christian symbol. Kevin and Chris live here, and they go to West Road Church. And uh, I said, oh, yeah, well, actually, I do have to confess that I'm a believer. And he said, well, I go to St. John's, and so-and-so here goes to the Baptist Church, so-and-so goes to the cathedral. And I walked away <laughs> thinking, Father, this is totally remarkable. So I got hold of the people in the White House with the fish. I sent a note through their door, and they contacted me. And half past six now, on a Thursday night, we prayer walk the neighborhood. And so this is churches. It's not a church together thing, but we are from different churches, and it is so exciting. You know, we stand on the corner. And I mean, the, oh yes, I must tell you this. This is funny. We've written a declaration over our neighborhood, and we were declaring it by the post office, post box at the top of the road. And I just said, no, it was Kevin who said this, anything of God, not of God, leave. And a fox came running up the road into the woods. I mean, it was hilarious. Um, and so, and then last Monday, we had uh, Kevin and his wife, Chris, are very, very professional at old-time musicals. And so we took the village hall, and we invited people to come and sing old-time songs. Well, Kevin finds ones like, you'll never get to heaven on a, I can't remember what it is. What <laughs> yeah, something like that. And we had another one that was to do with prayer. And so it's, we believe that even though we haven't seen salvations, our prayer is transforming the area. We were really across, we kept an eye on COVID cases in our area. And if they rose, we were angry. I mean, righteously angry. And um, so bringing transformation where you are. We, <coughs> uh, a good number of years ago, our neighbor, when Peter and I lived over in Huntingdon, um, our neighbor said to us, what is it about the people who come to your house? Obviously, they were different. And that led into a whole conversation um, about Jesus. And she was on the edge of committing her life, and she backed away, which was unfortunate, but I still loved her. Yeah. So we are being equipped to bring God's transformation where you are in your sphere of influence. So... As I said, I've got off point. Turn to somebody and let them know, tell them what your sphere of influence is. You know, is it office? Is it school? Is it a club? Is it your neighborhood? Just think about it. And also, your sphere of influence can even be a nation you pray for. Because through your prayers, you're in influencing that nation. So you might, I did once with a meeting, we added up. 
the number of people we, we thought were in our sphere of influence. It was massive. I mean, there were only 20 people in the room, but it was massive. So we mustn't underestimate, you know, <coughs> fruitful. God's equipping us to be fruitful to bring transformation. So just turn to someone else and tell them your sphere of influence. It may be that you're on TikTok doing Christian stuff. You know, you're influencing. I use my Facebook page to influence. And <coughs> so, yeah, just turn to somebody else and talk about your sphere of influence. It can be your family, your grandchildren. Okay, <coughs> you know, I forgot to mention the hairdressers or the barbers, captive audience while they're doing your hair. <laughs> and I was in my hairdressers one day, and <coughs> the girl who was doing my hair was just saying that the owner of the shop, young, young I think she was only early 30s, and um, she said she's um, dislocated her shoulder and can't work. So I thought, well, I can't just sit and listen to this. So I said, my husband and I pray for healing. So if when you see her, if she would like to come for healing, you know, we'll be very happy to pray for her, you see. What I didn't expect was the girl walk in 10 minutes later. <laughs> so I thought, now what do I do? You know, I was on the spot. So when I went to pay, she was standing there, and I said, Alison, May I pray for you? I hear you, your shoulder's been dislocated and it's very painful. And she said, oh, yes, it is. I can't write and this, this and this and this. So she said, yes, please. So I just did, I didn't lay my hands on her or anything. I just said, thank you, Jesus. Because of what you've done on the cross, I thank you for Alison's healing. And I said, thank you that she's going to it's going to be stronger than before, her shoulder, and that she's going to write easily and this, this, and this. Went out of the shop thinking, oh, my goodness, I hope I was right. Oh, dear, have I let Jesus down? 
you know, I don't want to dishonor his name at all. So next time I go in, she comes in, comes and stands beside me and said, look at this. She said, as soon as you went out, the pain went and I could write. And she said, it's very strong now. And I thought, phew, <laughs> good. <laughs> because this is glorifying God. So be aware of your sphere of influence and what Holy Spirit wants you to do every day in your sphere of influence. And, <coughs> yeah. So what's here? Uh, we're equipped for every good work that is ours to fulfill. Now, we have to stop looking about Joe Bloggs, who sees five people saved every week. Uh, that may not be your assignment. <laughs> and so Ephesians 2.20, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works that God prepared in advance for us to do. We're his handiwork. Now, that's a big thing you could meditate on. You don't like your nose, you know. <laughs> we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus. You see, there's that abiding to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And I say to people, they say, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. I said, it's all sorted before the foundation of the world. We just need to get into the flow of it. And I have things to do that are unique from a unique way of bringing God to people. Um, as I mentioned yesterday, I am, um, God said to me, 2019, bring your creativity into center stage. And he has developed that. So I've now got my own weaving loom, spinning wheel, and um, I do botanical dyeing. So I dye my own yarn and stuff. And <coughs> it is such a joy to work with Holy Spirit. And I know I'm, <laughs> Holy Spirit nudges. I was talking about Holy Spirit nudges yesterday. There was a weaver, a Polish weaver, and she's uh, passed away now. Extraordinary works that were in Tate Modern recently. And I had a sense I needed to go and, and see them. I mean, beyond belief, these are. Floor to ceiling stuff. And so <laughs> I got there. And as you went into the sort of exhibition area, there was a quote on the wall about her. She didn't weave to make money but to change atmospheres. And I thought, oh, crumbs. I could go home now. <laughs> I believe my weaving is going to change atmospheres. And so I'm working on a piece at the moment. I don't know where it's going to go. Uh, I'm only a very novice person at this. But, you know, that's something God prepared before the foundation of the world that I should be doing. What about you? What's been prepared before the foundation of the world. You don't have to worry about it. You just need to step into the flow of it because God will equip you and bring you that story about my daughter who's a textile artist. And she's part of a um, textile group. And somebody in there is very prestigious. She's nationally known. And she said, Sarah, I think you should apply to do a workshop at the National Festival of Quilts at the NEC. 
And Sarah said to me, your mama don't do quilting. <laughs> so I said, look, if Mary suggested it, apply. I said, if it's in God's agenda for you, it'll happen. So I was up at hers one day and she said, I haven't heard anything. So, so, so. By the time I got home, there was a text in capitals saying, I've just had an email and I've been invited to do three workshops. And then last week, she said to me, I've had an email asking me if I would like to have a stand. And I was thumbs, my goodness, there's a lot of work to do in a stand, you know, and what have you. And she said, the amazing thing is, Mum, when I was at the textile group last time, uh, we were turning out a cupboard and there was a display stand. Nobody knew what to do with it. So I said, well, I'll take it home and put it in my garage. She said, it's sitting in the back of my car. I said, dear, it's the writing on the wall. Are you supposed to do this? She equipped. She has a very strong abiding relationship with Father Deuce and the Holy Spirit. Equipped to do it. So I said, well, I think we need to get on and say yes. Because, I mean, how many people have a, a stand sitting in the back of their cars ready for display? See, God equips us for what he wants us to do. She believes her work speaks to people about their identity. Um, and so, he has prepared everything for us before the foundation of the world. So it's like a Blue Peter thing. And those of us who are old enough to remember back to, back to Blue Peter. Oh, this is one I did earlier, you know, when they were doing <laughs> creating something. <coughs> so Psalm 139, 16 all the days, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How about that? Is that security? Is that hope? Amazing. I just love this stuff. Because he's got it all sorted. We sit there panicking, worrying, you know, having a panic attack or feeling overwhelmed. And I tend to say to people now, now just calm down. It's all sorted. Before the foundation of the world, the Father had it all in hand. You know, so reassuring, isn't it, sort of thing. So, Matthew 28. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, I'm going to add to it here, the name of the Son and the name of the Holy Spirit, immersing. Anybody been to a Van Gogh immersive experience in London? I'm planning to go. But immersing them in God and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Come on. Therefore, go and make disciples. What it and then, oh, this is, I, I like Matthew 16. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. Come on, there's signs running behind you. They'll accompany you because you believe. 
and these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name you will drive out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up snakes with their hands, and they will drink deadly poison. It will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on the sick, and they will get well. Come on. This is our commission. This is what we're called to be fruitful for. This is what we are equipped to be fruitful for. So I'm expecting in the national press to say, Swanley's amazing. You can go there and you can get healed. Come on. We all preach, you know, um, this is go into all the world and preach. It's actually Mark. I thought it was Matthew. It was Mark. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. We all preach an unspoken message by how we live, how we respond to people. So preaching isn't just George, whoever, standing up speaking. We all preach an unspoken message. And I was saying to some of the guys in our church, um, we opened a warm space and in, um, in January, I think it was. And so we... We have a notice. It's a Saturday morning because nobody else does Saturday. And so we have a, 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 a frame board outside that just says, come in for a free cuppa and a cake. And I said, even if we get nobody in, that is preaching an unspoken message that we care. So we all preach a message. How you respond to somebody, how you, yeah, I think that is, you know, when you're driving and somebody cuts in front of you and you hoot your horn, or do you forgive them? How we respond to people says a lot about God and our life with him. I found this verse in the message. As you look around right now, wouldn't you say that in all about four years, it will be time for harvest? Now, Jesus was out walking as he did and spoke from what he saw. Well, I'm telling you to open your eyes and take a good look at what's right in front of you. These Samaritan fields are ripe. It's harvest time. So <coughs> Jesus is saying, I'm telling you to open your eyes and take a good look at what's right in front of you. It's harvest time. Christchurch, it's time to move. And the fields are ripe for harvest. People want to know about Jesus now. The world is in such a mess. You know, there's fear all over the place. They want to perfect love. God's perfect love casts out fear. So who is right in front of you? Who is in front of you as individuals? Who is in front of you as a church? 
Let Holy Spirit equip you. Let the word equip you. Let your intimate relationship with Father Jesus and the Holy Spirit equip you. Christ Church, it's harvest time. <laughs> Get the combines out. I mean, you can take scissors as well. <coughs> so, Father, I want to say thank you for Christ Church. I want to say thank you for its inheritance over the years. I want to say thank you, Holy Spirit, how you have moved here over the years. And I want to say thank you for how Christ Church has been open to you. And I want to say thank you that Christ Church stands in a gateway town, a gateway to our nation, a gateway into London, a gateway into the rest of the nation through motorways. And so, Father, I want to say thank you that Christ Church's destiny was thought of before the foundation of the world. And, Father, I ask that you will shift them into the 2023 vision that you have now for them as a church. And I have a sense, Father says, do not be afraid, um, for I am with you to the end of the age. And so I just bless you to be fruitful. I bless you to be equipped um, continually because as we move forward and we move into different things that God has to, for us, he equips us for that space. So I just bless you for that in that in the name of Jesus. And I declare that the enemy will not rob, steal, or kill anything that he has sown this weekend. I declare a 100% harvest in Jesus' name. And I look forward to hearing about the fruit and fruit that will last, fruit that will remain through the coming generations because you as a body of believers have been faithful to the word of God. again Caroline for the word you've brought this morning and um, there's so much nuggets in them for us to go home with um, we'll spend a bit of time to pray the question for today is equipped for what what for what for as believers, God has called us to do various things. As a church, God has called us to do even more. The Bible says two are better than one. Now, if two are better than one, then 50, 100 will be better than two. Scripture says one will chase a thousand and two ten thousand. So we are properly equipped to do marvelous things for the Lord. So let's, let's spend a bit of time to pray as we did yesterday. Um, I'll move around with a microphone. And uh, if I get to your place, just say a word of prayer 
however the Lord lays on your heart to do that, okay? Um, it, it doesn't have to be long. You know what you have heard in the word today. You know what, for those who are here since yesterday, we've had different, you know, aspects of this given to us. So may we just thank God for Caroline and bless, bless her. Just pray that the Lord will refill her, replenish the Lord will pour out his spirit upon her more and more. Just ask the Lord to really bless her for being a blessing to us. Yes, Lord, we just want to thank you, Father, today. Thank you for bringing to us, Lord, your servant, to be a blessing to this congregation. Lord, we're so grateful for the word that we've heard since yesterday for the transformation of God that is taking place. Because, Father, when we're equipped, we saw yesterday that we're equipped for transformation. And so, God, we pray that Christ's church will continue to be transformed. Lord, will be changed from glory to glory. We pray, Father, Lord Almighty, we will not just be... Um, we will not just, Lord, go with what we have, but we will go with what you want us to have, what you want us to do. That we will not be satisfied, the Lord, with yesterday. Because today is here and tomorrow is coming. And so, Father, you're preparing us not only for today, but for tomorrow. And so, God, in every aspect of our lives that we need to be prepared and equipped, Lord, we surrender to you. Yes, Lord. I surrender, I surrender all, I surrender, I surrender all, all to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender, I surrender. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to Thee, my blessed Savior, I that be your prayer today or are you holding back are you holding back certain aspects of your life are you saying god yes you can take this but not this leave this for me no if you are for him you're diving in you say yes lord i surrender all everything may that be your prayer right now say lord i surrender all i'm not holding back anything lord you've prepared me for this time for this purpose for this moment for this generation, Lord, we've got one life to live. Father, I pray today that we all, Lord, will surrender everything to you. We will not hold back. That Father, Lord Almighty, today will be that day of real proper transformation happening in our lives. I want that to be your prayer right now. What is it that the Lord is telling you to surrender, give up? 
that you're holding on to over the years. And that has become a stumbling block for you. Really serving God as much as he would want you to. You keep postponing. You keep saying, yeah, tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. How much time do we have here on earth? When the Lord calls us back home. Shall we say, yes, Lord, I did everything that you wanted me to do? Or shall we give one more excuse? So just pray and ask the Lord to really give you that courage. Oh, yes, we've been talking about audacious faith. Courageous faith, bold faith that will make us dive in. That will make us, yes. Pitching with the Lord. Pitching with the Lord. Say, yes, I'm on your side, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, you're calling me. I will obey. Yes, Father, Lord Almighty, we pray this morning that every one of us, oh God, nothing, nothing, nothing will stand between us and you. So we talked about being equipped by the Holy Spirit. Can you say, Holy Spirit, come into my heart. Fill me afresh. I want to be empowered by you. He said that you may bear fruit. That is the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, long-suffering. That you may bear fruit. Fruit that will remain. Ask the Lord, help me, Lord, to bear this fruit. Fruit that will remain. Oh, praise the Lord.